<laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Inside Envy podcast. Today, we are excited to bring to you an episode all about gravel, and the motivation for such is that we are right on the hills of the launch of our AG 25 and 28 wheel sets. So AG stands for Adventure Gravel or Anywhere Gravel or All Gravel or whatever sort of definition you want to give to the acronym. But here in the uh, Envy Podcast studio, we've got the usual cast of characters. We've got our talented sound engineer. You can introduce and say hello yourself. Hello. This is AJ. <laughs> this man does not deserve to be on radio. He deserves to be in front of a camera. <laughs> the beautiful AJ and handsome AJ Turner. Clint Child, say hello. Hello. And Clint is uh, the man in charge of all things engineering. And Mr. Neil Shirley. Hello. The grandfather of gravel himself. I thought it was Godfather. Well, the yeah, grandfather what country yeah. implies like gray <laughs> the, hair. The grandpapa in uh, Iceland. Yeah, in, in Iceland, it's still one of my favorite moments in bike racing was standing at the starting line watching all the special people get their call-ups when they called up the grandpapa of gravel. <laughs> Neil Lost in translation. <laughs> I'm going to chalk it up to that. Not, not my age. <laughs> was the mustache around then, too? Is no, that maybe a little No, left? this is a COVID stash. Oh, okay, he actually yeah, grew yeah. that during the race. Well, <laughs> yeah. I believe it. That's <laughs> how long it was out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so we want to talk all th about all things gravel. Um, and we know that a lot of you listeners of the show are gravel aficionados yourselves. And so gravel for envy is obviously something we've invested quite a bit of time and energy into. Uh, I would say it was probably about 20 16, 17, when we really started to see gravel as, as something that um, deserves some special attention from the, from the product and engineering standpoint. And, you know, today you look at, you look at the gravel wheels uh, and specifically this new AG line of wheels that we've launched. Um, the AG series comes in two different models, one 700C model that is called the AG25, and the 25 indicates the inner rim width of 25 millimeters, uh, the 650B version is the AG28, and again, the 28 millimeters is the internal rim width. They're lightweight at 360 grams of rim. Um, it's a purpose-built wheel set for gravel. They include features like the wide hookless bead, which is uh, important for eliminating and preventing pinch flatting. Obviously, on an unsuspended bike, that's an important thing. Uh, the laminates have been tuned for comfort and compliance as well as durability, and we'll talk a little bit about what we did in terms of uh, sort of answering some questions in terms of you know, what the right ride quality is and uh, out of a wheel um, in terms of gravel riding. So we did some testing there that we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about. And uh, so, yeah, if we go back to, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of let Neil kick this off, but if we go back to sort of the catalyst that, uh, you know, raised the questions about all things gravel, we'll be able to take you on a little bit of a journey to how we have arrived at where we're at today. So, Neil, why don't you, we were just recollecting that prior to the show, so why don't you uh, kind of start explaining where, telling everybody how we kind of started approaching gravel. Yeah, it, it, was, it was June of 2017 um, at the Dirty Kanza, which is now Unbound Gravel. When you were out there, Ian Madison, 
and maybe someone from engineering and really just to check out check out the gravel scene I, I think a number of people from envy had done like crusher and the tusher and kind of came from a mountain bike background and so maybe gravel in utah hadn't really hadn't really kicked off as as much and having you know having that first group of of envy people go out to to dk where really especially at that time. I mean, there weren't gravel races every weekend all the way across, you know, throughout the country at that point. Um, just to see that scene and and realize that, like, it was this legitimate new category. I mean, Envy was in, was in mountain, road, triathlon, and all of a sudden, like, gravel became this, this next segment where there were true needs that, you know, there were most people were on either mountain, you know, mountain wheels or road wheels and gravel like has its own set of challenges and needed like true purpose built equipment. So that was, that was the point where I think everyone caught on like, okay, there's, this is legitimate. And then that full next year, I mean, two days after the race, we were on a call with the whole engineering team trying to understand like what, what is a gravel product? What does it need to you know, what are some of these essential technologies that, that need to be featured to make it a product that is going to create an advantage? Yeah, and I think if we go back and look at and remember what that time period was just sort of in the bike industry in terms of equipment and usage, uh, it, it, it was also right on the heels of the launch of our AR series of wheels, the 4.5 AR, which is a wheel we spent most of 2015 and 16 developing. And, you know, that wheel was a wheel that we sort of initially looked at as a wheel that could potentially be used for gravel. I mean, we were riding gravel roads on it, but there, what quickly became apparent as time went on is that there's a, there's a drastic difference between sort of an all road or a dirt, just because the road is dirt, that doesn't necessarily mean it's gravel or at least by the modern definition of it. But you know, where a wheel like the AR was a really purpose-built um, tool for racing, a mixed surface road race like the Belgian Waffle Ride or at the World Tour level, um, something like the Spring Classics, Paris-Roubaix or Strada Bianca, races where you have dirt and you need higher volume tires or you have cobbles where you know you need the higher volume tires to survive those sectors. But at the same time, you needed the aero performance, as much aero performance as possible because in most cases, more than half of those races are held on you know open, smooth roads. But what you start to realize is, yeah, as you venture off of the paved road and onto the smooth dirt roads. And Dirty Cons is a great example. One of my favorite sort of things I remember about that is the if you go and ride out of Emporia, the it, what, like maybe like a, if you drew like a five mile or a 10 mile radius or diameter around the whole city and you go out in any direction for about five or 10 miles, the roads are pretty sweet. Like they're pretty buttery smooth. They are dirt, but they're like really buttery smooth. And, you know, and it, but as you progressively widen that range, the roads get progressively crappier and worse to <laughs> where at some points you're riding on complete, you know, like one inch, two inch broken chunks of rock. Um, you know, that, that's kind of what some of those surfaces equate to. And you quickly realize how lacking, say, like a 30 millimeter tire is or, you know, and, and more than one. Uh, ambitious pro racers showed up to dirty cons on a 30 you know with a 35 or a 36 c tire and and you know be like oh i've ridden around town and i just think this is this is more than enough and i've you know it's like yeah you've 
ridden around town, but you haven't ridden out in the Flint Hills <laughs> across the across the range, and it's uh, it's a, just a different story. So, of course, over time, tire volume is increases. I guess where where we're getting to. Yeah, I was gonna say like th- I think that's important to highlight is over the last three to five years, you've seen you know road tires road tires were at 23, 25s, and there was a period when a 32 was a gravel tire, our first gravel fork. Well, the UCI told us that the right, the, the proper tire size is a 33. A 33, so. right? So yeah, <laughs> our first gravel fork cleared a cross tire because that was really all, the, all that we had for tires. But we've seen road migrate up to 28s and 30s, and we're, you've seen gravel migrate from 30s up to you know 40, kind of being standard um, all-around thing, but... And so as that migration's taken place, you know, the the same sort of challenges that existed when we were developing the AR line of wheels in terms of volume, um, you know, sort of started bleed into this new, perp, you know, this new discipline that is modern gravel racing. And and so, you know, there was sort of two solutions from NB at the time. Say in 2017, the first year we went to DK, there was basically two solutions if you wanted to do some gravel racing and one option was to race on our uh m series wheel our cross-country race wheel either the m50 or the m525 um or the 4.5 ar so uh, both those wheels had a 25 millimeter well the m50 was narrower than that but um, the 525 is a 25 millimeter internal and the 4.5 ar is a 25 millimeter internal um, both those wheels you know in theory could be used for gravel racing but they both you know, in our experiences and also you, our customers' experiences, uh, left um, something to be desired in terms of performance. On the on the AR side of the equation, if you were to show up to a gravel race on a 4.5 AR, sure, you had the, the width, but the rim itself, being a deep arrow cross-section, is, is pretty stiff. And it's a uh, 450-gram rim, yeah. memory says, around 450 grams for that weight and then on the m525 side of things you know it's a purpose-built cross-country mountain bike wheel so just given the nature and the impacts and the durability requirements of a mountain wheel versus a road wheel you know you ultimately end up with a rim that is a little bit on the heavier side and stiffer side than probably what is ideal or than what we have found is ideal and so the pieces of the puzzle just kind of started coming together about what you know the perfect gravel wheel would be and Clint, maybe this is a good time to sort of talk about, because a lot of people ask us about, you know, what is the future of aerodynamics and gravel? And maybe you can just shed a little bit of light on sort of our decision criteria and how we prioritize aerodynamics in terms of gravel and how that's led us to the G23. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, maybe for a second, just go back. I think just to talk about the 525 and the AR wheels as you're talking about stiffness, I think what we found in the development of our gravel wheels is on the road, you have a really tiny, well, not really tiny, relatively smaller tire at a higher pressure. And you're able to, in your cornering and with the traction that that generates on the surfaces you're riding, really push that wheel as far as stiffness goes and standing, sprinting, those kind of things. Like you you really um, can appreciate and feel that stiffness. And if you try to reduce that on a road wheel, you you end up wanting and on the mountain bike kind of the same thing you have a larger tire that's generally designed to have more traction and uh, that also drives a lot of uh, flex in or can drive the the propensity for flex in the wheel Uh, in the gravel you kind of had this mix where you're 
uh, you're not necessarily riding things where you are making sharp corners like you would on a mountain bike at higher speed and you don't really have the traction to do that. So you're not like looking for that same level of stiffness and uh, same with the, you know, as different from the AG5, 20, or sorry, the 4.5 AR in that same way where you don't have a tire that can kind of really flex or, or sprint as you're sprinting into the, into the rim. So um, on the gravel side, you can take the advantage of that, that you don't need the stiffness as much and, and reduce the weight. And so that's what we've done across you know, G23, G27, and the AG25 and 28. Maybe talking more into the aerodynamics, um, we have done studies in the wind tunnel where we've uh, looked at all sorts of tires. And it, it's been interesting over the last 10 years, we've seen, um, you know, at first we were really concentrated on the rim and how do you make a rim shape that is aerodynamic and uh, reduces drag. And as we as we started to fine tune the rim, we got to a point where the tire started being really important. And I, I believe we talked about this in our tire uh, podcast as well, but we got to a point where we realized that we had to run the same tire, not just, not just the same model, but the same tires in the wind tunnel in order to get repeatable results. So, you know, we had, at the time we were testing mostly with GP4000s, we had labeled GP4000s, this is tire one, this is tire two, this is tire three, this is tire four, and we, we just used those tires in order to keep the results consistent and repeatable. Because that, as you look at uh, how a tire affects aerodynamics, it's really the first thing on the bike that touches the wind. It's not, it's not you, it's not the rim, it's not the bike frame, it's the, it's the tire, and that really sets the, the mood or uh, what's going to happen down the rest of the bike, right? So as we, as we looked at that and we started looking at the AR wheels uh, early on, we said, well, these cross tires, they kind of fit in that model. So how, how does that affect aerodynamics? And what we found was adding any kind of tread really uh, negated anything we could do from a rim design in order to increase the aerodynamic performance. That tread or the side knobs seemed to turbulate the wind in such a way that really there wasn't much we could do to reduce the drag how we would have on a slick tire. So as, as we started approaching um, the G-series wheels, you know, we looked at, at that and said, okay, well, people aren't running uh, slick tires for gravel generally, or if they are, that's maybe a different application. But the shape or even having an aero component, component of these wheels doesn't really matter as much. So... Uh, and there's also, would you say there's also a speed component to yeah, it? So I, there's, I mean, it's yeah. not just, and this is the sort of, if you want to get into the nuances and the, the details, which I know a lot of our, our customers and possibly listeners do, is there is an aero advantage at speeds. It just comes down to the prioritization of those advantages and, and whether or not you as an athlete can actually access those advantages. Yeah, so what, what you see is, uh, say, for a road bike wheel, and, and this these numbers change with a, a number of different factors, but as you are at you know speeds around 12 to 15 miles an hour, the aerodynamics are half of the, half of the drag, but uh, the other half is mostly rolling resistance. And as, as we, if we go on a gravel ride, what we see is um, our average speed. I don't know, Neil, yours is probably higher than the rest of ours. <laughs> My average speed is probably 13 to 14 miles an hour. Yours much higher than that? No, I, I mean, yeah, it, it, it obviously is course 
Cor- course dependent. Yeah. Um, but Colin Strickland, I guess for DK two years ago, averaged 20 miles an hour, Correct. you know, and that uh, with the winning time uh, and record setting. Yep. So as you, as you look at aerodynamics, those really, those uh, reductions in drag really start to matter above 20 miles an hour. And so Colin, you know, at the top of the sport is just starting to realize those on the, on the gravel side. Um, for the average consumer, they're going to be much, um, they're going to be benefited a lot more if uh, the rolling resistance or the comfort of that wheel set is increased rather than the aerodynamics. Yeah, and I, I think at one, at one point I remember we ran a, we, we took a cross-section of all the athletes that had finished DK over the last two years. And, you know, you, you can basically, you can look at the distance and the time and you can see the average speeds and, you know, most people are well below the 15 mile an hour average mark. I mean, and that, sure. and that yeah. carries over across almost every gravel event that we looked at. And I, th- I think that's being sort of generous. Yeah. I think yeah. too, Clint, <laughs> what you're saying about aerodynamics, one, one thing of note too, as you put a, a higher volume, wider tire on the rim, that's going to impact aerodynamics. So, if you have a say a 4.5 AR rim set, where at, with a 32 millimeter tire, there is maybe a four watt advantage over a, a G23. If you put a 40 or a 42 millimeter tire on there, that changes it significantly. Yeah, I mean you're basically make changing that cross section from looking like an airfoil or an airplane wing to an, an ice cream cone, and that like you know you got this big tire and this little ice cream cone on the bottom, and that doesn't that's just not what you would design if you were trying to make something slippery through the wind. So, okay, so after Dirty Kanza experiencing, like, okay, what what makes a what we need? What are the key design elements in a gravel wheel? So I can I think we landed on three main objectives: um, pinch flat resistance, which is a huge issue for gravel events when you have a somewhat lower volume tire at least in comparison to mountain bikes and you know high speeds especially if you're you know in a group and sitting on the wheel in front of you and you're not you don't have a clear clear line you're hitting rocks hard um you noted compliance over the 4.5 ar that was something that that needed clear improvement um and then low weight right yeah i mean i i know one of the things that stands out to me about all this in this this is sort of where I was going with the aerodynamic discussion is, you know, after doing DK and having been there three times, um, one as a spectator and then two other times riding in it, I, you know, it's very hilly and most gravel races go up or down. There's very few that have, there's very few gravel races that are truly like flat or that aren't sort of, yeah, climb intensive, <laughs> at least out here in the West. I mean, obviously it's location, but even in the Midwest where, you know, you can't, Dirty Cons is an 11 or, or now unbound gravels. It's an 11,000 foot day. Um, and uh, when you consider that and you consider the average speeds, I think this is where the lightweight priority, prioritization or the prioritization towards lightweight really came to bare strength in terms of how we are we're approaching the project as we've both looked at the g-series development as well as uh this line of ag wheels that we just launched yeah and i, I don't know if this is the case for me- for everybody but i don't imagine 
many people have like right outside their door a 20 mile gravel loop where they don't don't do anything but gravel but for for us at least doing a gravel ride's a commitment it's like okay nil but that's going to take all saturday <laughs> to, to do <laughs> and uh you know it's something that he's brought up google ma- maps and like you know trace some line up some canyon there's through. a potential to get lost multiple yeah times. yeah it's like okay i i you know there seems to be a gap in the trees here, and I think there could be a, there could have been a goat path at one point. So we should go try to try to do that. And so, um, I don't know. For for me, a, a big part of the gravel um, a gravel wheel is just having something that's really uh, durable, but also really capable. Because you're probably going to be on you're probably going to be on the road for a minute. You're probably going to be on a gravel road, and then in our case, you're most likely going to end up on slick track, slick, uh, not slick track, uh, single track, and then some kind of rock that uh, that you're going to have to hike at some point. Do you right? want to go to Moab, Clint? <laughs> I really want to go to Moab. Yeah. So one of our one of our coworkers is leaving. One of the one of our coworkers is leaving in 15 minutes to go to. He knows it's snowing outside, to, right? To Moab. Yeah, I know. Does he know Moab still snows there? I, I don't know. What, I don't know what he's thinking either. But. Yeah, so as we talk about pinch flat resistance, I think that's really important because I, I don't do uh, or I haven't done a lot of gravel events, but um, these guys are still kind enough to drag me out on some adventures. And You've done the hardest gravel event. I've done the I've done the two hardest gravel events. Jake's <laughs> rodeo uh, and oh yeah, Jake's Jake's uh, special ride. Yeah, Jake's old man birthday ride. Oh, the round the rock. Round the rock. That yeah. wasn't too hard though. Okay. It was long. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, call it what you will, you guys. I don't, I don't know how you remember. 150 <laughs> miles and 10,000 feet of vertical? Yeah, not that bad for Jake. <laughs> I was just saying it wasn't DK. There was points where you were on pavement. The scenery was beautiful. Oh, it was, yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, we, it was like 12 hours without a mask on your face. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, pretty, pretty easy breathing. That fresh Wyoming, Rocky Mountain air. Yep. Um, well to get back to neil's point of the prioritization of kind of all these things that we've touched on i think one thing that at least i've been asked that that's always kind of interesting to me is like what is different about the layup or like what type of things i know we can't get super into the details but like what about that um allows you to prioritize kind of compliance and and kind of that special type of vibration that happens on gravel, but maybe not on single track or that type of thing. Yeah, so that may be something not everybody, not all the listeners uh, know or understand. Um, you know, um, if you make uh, something out of aluminum or out of steel or out of a metal, um, say if you make an aluminum gravel rim, not, and there's great aluminum gravel rims out there, but if you make an aluminum gravel rim, the shape and the thickness defines how that will will feel um you can't uh say i mean basically once you've designed the shape and made that extrusion that kind of dictates the the stiffness and and those things about the wheel uh carbon fiber is a little bit different because even with the same shape we're allowed to go back and make different versions of that wheel that uh, will have different stiffnesses different compliances um and 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 ride differently on the gravel wheels, uh, on or the original AG or G23, as well as the AG wheels, one one thing we really wanted to make sure we got right was the was the rolling compliance. So as you're cruising along a gravel road at 15, 20 miles an hour, does does that wheel do you 
we wanted to make it so you felt less of that uh, vibration coming from the road. We can do that by adjusting the fibers in, in the wheel, whether those fibers are uh, more, without, uh, without you guys all seeing a whiteboard, I don't know how to explain <laughs> this, without it, uh, all, you know, the fibers wrapping around the wheel versus going across the cross section, um, we, can, we can affect how that feels. So we made a bunch of different prototypes. We've taken accelerometers and data acquisition units and strapped them to bikes and put those accelerometers on the axles and done, uh, you know, back and forths along uh, certain sections of road and, and captured data and then analyze that data to look at, okay, what, what laminate changes make the axle of your bike move less or more or really what, what makes, what do you feel less in, in your hands and in the saddle and at the pedals? Um, and then also at that same time recording rider feedback and trying to match those up because it's not it's not necessarily that easy where you just see like oh there, this one had no vibration and this one had you see different uh, different frequencies excited by different different laminates and so just understanding what uh, what frequencies riders feel and what what they don't and then uh, tuning the laminate to adjust that so uh, I think after a couple of rounds of that we were able to find something on the AG that uh, is special yeah yeah I can I mean I think the first time I truly felt that was actually putting a not on the AG but putting like a 32 millimeter tire on a G23 when we rode up to Bear Lake and that wheel truly felt kind of like a like a leaf spring underneath of me like it had kind of a trampoline feel to it and that's when it was like an aha like oh wow this wheel really truly does have this like vibration dampening that that is tangible you know yeah and that's kind of back to that original point right if um you know road tires and mountain bike tire and mountain bike wheels and tires like they require different stiffnesses and if you put i mean you can very easily put a 20 or a 32c tire on a ag 25 or a g23 and go ride that on the road if you want a super light uh road wheel but you are going it is going to feel different like it will feel more leaf springy more squ more squishy and won't have the same uh maybe snappiness that you would get out of a regular road wheel thanks for that so i think this is probably a good point where we or a good good point where we can kind of uh summarize kind of what foundation is and you know we've talked a lot about how we how we came to developing the gravel wheels we developed today and um some of the the thought we put into it and how our uh, ability to test and use data to determine rim laminates has, you know, led us to the conclusions where we're at today, um, where we have sort of two levels of gravel wheel. We have, you know, the premium G series, and then we have the foundation level uh, AG series wheels that we just launched last week. You know, when we when we speak to foundation, what foundation means to Envy is the products in, in that line, so we have two road wheels, um, a mountain wheel, and now these two new gravel wheels. Uh, these foundation wheels encompass the core MV technologies that we believe delivers what we, the experience or the right experience that we want people to have. And so, for example, all the AG wheels, as well as the G series wheels and the M series wheels, all have this technology we call wide hookless bead. And this technology, came about as we experienced pinch flats both on the mountain bike side and then on our like AR series wheels where we had these straight hookless sidewalls or the leading edge of the rim the hookless leading edge was narrow and it would cause pinch flats both on the mountain and on the road and 
um, kind of everything in between. And so we developed this technology called the wide hookless bead, which makes the leading edge of the rim wide and blunt, and it prevents cutting your tire when you you know compress the tire between rim and road or rock or whatever else you hit. And so because that is a whether you're you know paying for the premium line or paying for the foundation level wheels uh, we want every we don't want any of our customers to experience and deal with pinch flats that's just not fun for anybody so foundation collection um, and these new ag wheels have that wide hookless bead given that these wheels are gravel wheels yes both the g series and the um, foundation level wheels have a laminate that's designed for compliance given that you're riding an unsuspended bike so it's still a very these ag wheels and all the foundation wheels are still very purpose-built. Uh, the main differences between our premium collections of wheels and, say, the G-Series and the uh, foundation collection really come down to the laminates themselves and the amount of time it takes us to produce them. And so, you know, what it, what it boils down to is ultimately performance and strength to, to rim weight. Maybe there's a better way to say that, but... Basically, with a G-Series rim, you get a lighter rim that doesn't sacrifice any of the strength or performance attributes. And with the foundation-level wheels, it's generally going to be a slightly heavier rim that we can produce much quicker and more efficiently. And But we don't sacrifice on the, the strength or reliability or the performance of those wheels. Is that kind of... I think that's a good that way to... Clear enough? Good way to <laughs> yeah, without yeah. giving exact numbers or... I mean, it's it's probably a 50% reduction in manufacturing time for the AG wheels. So I, yeah. I don't... We didn't... I don't feel like we skimped on the development time at all. Like, I feel like that wheel is compliant. It meets all the same objectives as the G23 other than the weight. And we were... And that's just a sacrifice uh, for the manufacturing time. Exactly. Um, and, that, and that's really what Foundation's all about. It's about providing MB technology and the MB ride experience and making it available to to more more of our customers, people that have aspired to own MB over the years but simply haven't had access to it based on, you know, the price points of the premium line. So, uh, the, you know, the new AG wheels are like the rest of the foundation collection come in at $1,600 at, at an MSRP. And that is with either an Industry 9 one-to-one hub or our NV, NV aluminum hubs. So... What else would you add, Neil? I don't know. Jake? Put I put you on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well covered it. It's Friday. I've already logged, like, I think over 2,000 miles on the AG25s. I had a set that once we finally signed off, because it... We gave them to him just a month ago, so <laughs> pretty, pretty good. And that's, that's since December. <laughs> In the winter, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a small month. But, um, since we signed off on the design, uh, we've had a couple... We had meant to, to la originally launch the wheels in the fall. Um, and then just from some of our backlog for, for manufacturing and wheels already on order, we decided to push the launch into end of end of January. So I had more time on the wheels before they launched just for feedback. Did BWR Cedar City on them. And I've been riding G23 before those. And it's, it's a fantastic wheel. I've been really, really pleased. AG, AG wheels are now available through select retailers. You know, those of you who may be waiting for new product, uh, who have product on order, we are working as hard and fast as we can to produce the wheels we have on back order. Uh, the one 
the one one of the benefits obviously of the new COVID is of the COVID economy as we like to call it is that people are getting outside and they're getting on their bikes and they're remembering they own bikes and they're remembering bikes like from their childhood and and uh, more people are riding which means we have more orders than ever before and uh, the future for the bike industry looks really strong and healthy right now and um, what that means is there's lots of demand and so we have a back order and we're so trying our best <laughs> we're doing our best so if you know anybody that needs a job um, send them our way neil and i are going to start coming in on saturdays and building yeah. wheels yeah nice i'll come join you <laughs> after riding of course yeah don't anybody nobody wants those wheels that, <laughs> nobody, nobody's gonna want a wheel that i built after little little known ride. fact that was jake's <laughs> one of jake's first jobs yeah. here that was the night job. We could yeah. do a whole podcast on Jake's on trajectory through Envy. So yeah, that would be a good one. We should do that. That's not. We shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't invite him to it though. We should oh, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. make up the history as we go. <laughs> Don't invite me to that one. <laughs> so we we actually had a, a town hall meeting, as we call it, like it was a, a, a quarterly check in for the entire company, and there were two two employees that they had their fifteen year anniversary, which is. Amazing because Envy's only been around 15 years, so yeah, two that have been here since the beginning. Yep, you're. I was not me, but you're six <laughs> months off, right, Jake? Yeah, Something you're, like you're that. Yeah, 14 <laughs> and a half years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, AG Wheels, they are available now uh, through Select uh, through our Envy Ride Centers. They are the ones who are most likely to have inventory of those wheels. And again, if you have a pair on order, want to get a pair on order, do it as soon as possible because the sooner you put them on order, the that you secure your place in line. So that would be uh, the best strategy to getting a wheel if your local dealer or your Envy Ride Center does not have them in stock. Other than that, we uh, I think we can sign off. If anybody has any feedback they'd like to provide, um, any topics you'd like us to cover, we would be happy to do so in future podcasts. Um, to reach out to us, simply e- send us an email, podcast at envy.com. That's podcast at envy.com. And uh, hope everybody's getting out on their bike this winter. It is currently snowing in Utah, but we will uh, look for sunnier, drier days to get out on the road. We will, uh, I think that's it. Catch you next time. Thanks. See ya.